Can you imagine chasing after something that's being taught to you by a demon? Listen to me, young people. It's happening right before our very eyes today. Chasing after things taught by demons. Rejecting this and chasing after things taught by demons. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the others. We fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to continue on with the back half of a teaching that we began last week. It's titled, The Trap of Materialism. And as stated at the outset of the program, it deals with the issue of people chasing after things taught by demons. Now that sounds really strange to the typical church attendee. We would say things like, or think things like, I would never do that. But there's a reason why this is referred to as the trap of materialism. A trap is something that's unexpected. If you see the trap, then you're not going to walk into it. The very nature of a trap is for it to be hidden disguised something that you do not see. And that's what we're going to deal with in this particular teaching. Our text passage is Revelation chapter 3, but I want to read another verse in your hearing right now. We're going to jump right on into this, and I encourage you to listen, not only with both of your physical ears, but with your spiritual ears as we look into the Word of God. Again, I'm going to read at this point from 1 Timothy, and I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles if you have them handy. And listen to what Paul is saying to young Timothy, chapter 4, verse number 1. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, and verse number 1. The record puts it this way. The Spirit clearly says. Now catch that. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some, not all, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. I can't imagine anything any worse than that. I trust that you'll listen attentively as we share this teaching with you. Father, I thank you so much for your word and the fact that you give us warnings and cautions that we might heed and avoid traps and avoid deception and avoid the enemy in our life, which is your purpose and your plan for us to avoid those things. Speak to hearts by your word. We'll thank you. We'll praise you for all that you do. We ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Will you hang on? I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. Let the word of God speak to your heart. But these ethical departures from God's truth is invading our country today. Not to mention, watch this, Fiscal responsibility. Do you, does anybody have any idea how much debt our country is in right now? What is it? 30, 30 plus trillion dollars. Watch this. 
if, if my fist is a million dollars, then it would take nearly this room full of fists to equal a trillion dollars. People have no idea how much a trillion dollars is. This country's in debt. You know why? Because we need it. No, because we are fiscally irresponsible. Spending money that we do not have. You know, as a little boy, my mama taught me about that. When your pocket looks like this, stay out of Walmart. Can I get an amen right there? It's not difficult. I'm gonna leave that hanging out there for a few minutes to remind y'all of that. That's enough. Any reasonable student of the Bible would have to know that we are living in a time such as what I just described. An apostate is one that has bought into deception with regards to God's purpose and plan. Watch this, I'm going to add, and I'm headed to number five on your study notes, I'm going to add this. Those individuals also sort of have an attitude about it. It's not just that they have bought into the deception, but they have an attitude about it. Don't you tell me what to believe. I believe what I want to believe. Are you with me? Well, I hear this 17 times a week now. Don't you judge me. Have no desire to judge you. I'm here to tell you this. God is going to judge you. And he's going to judge you according to his word. Don't you, isn't that awesome? Can you imagine getting to heaven and walking up? Well, actually, if you're in Christ, you're gonna stand before the beam or the judgment seat of Christ. But can you imagine standing before Christ and he whips out some document that you've never seen before and says, hey, this is the way you were supposed to live according to this. Why didn't you do it? Well, I didn't know. That's not God. Number five on your notes. I'm about to get to off track a little bit. When we're talking about an apostate, we're, we're not just talking about common, ordinary ignorance. <laughs> we're not talking about common, ordinary ignorance or lack of learning. This goes a lot deeper by choice, by choice. This is one who willfully rejects and withdraws from the truth in order to chase after their own unrighteous agenda. Their attitude is never mind what God says, never mind what the Bible says or mandates, I'm gonna do my own thing regardless. Listen, beloved, that in a nutshell is what, we're, uh, what was going on with this Laodicean church then and is reflective of the last day's church now. This is what I believe. You can differ with me if you like. Spiritually, I believe two things are going to manifest in the last days. First of all, the church, the body of Christ, the forever family of God is going to coalesce around the Bible and become stronger. The church, as compared to what, Pastor Terry? As compared to religion. Secondly, religion is going to fall to pieces. We're seeing it happen right before our very eyes. Are you with me? Religion's going to fall to pieces primarily due to effectively allowing the word to be displaced by cheap substitutes, whatever that might be. 
Paul warned young Timothy about this very thing in the first letter that he wrote to Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1. Look at this. This is really important, church. The Spirit clearly says, not something ambiguous, not something vague. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Can you imagine chasing after something that's being taught to you by a demon? Listen to me, young people. It's happening right before our very eyes today. Chasing after things taught by demons. Rejecting this and chasing after things taught by demons. Something nearly identical to what Paul told Timothy reared its ugly head uh, even under the old covenant. And Isaiah wrote about it, chapter 65, verse 2, we read this, all day long I have held out my hand. God says I've held out my hand with provision, with care, with protection. I've held out my hands to an obstinate people. Do you understand? People that are drowning in sin and falling away from God and stand to inherit an eternity in hell. And God's reaching out to them and they're saying, is, is there anybody else up there? That, any of you demons that can help me out? All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own righteousness. I must hasten. Note with me the characteristics of an apostolic church. First part of verse 17, you say, Jesus says to John, John wrote this down, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. Will you note the ideology that was embraced by the Laodicean church? And the Laodicean church age, their boast was, I am rich. Everybody say rich. I am rich. Now, look at the basis of their boast. Look at the basis of their argument. They were saying, I have so much wealth that I don't need any more. I'm rich. I have so much wealth that I don't need anymore. Does that sound familiar to you? They believed, watch this, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. They believed that wealth, I'm talking about filthy lucre, money. They believed that wealth and material things, the things we buy with money, they believed those things made them rich. And obviously it was such that motivated them to consider that those riches was the meaning of a fulfilled and successful life. God spoke to me early one day this week and I wrote this down. This is hot off the press. Listen, beloved, a successful life is one that prepares you for the next life. 
A successful life is one that prepares you for the next life. Pastor Terry, you better have some Bible for that. I believe I do. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 36 in the New Living Translation says it this way. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? Listen to me, church. Let me see your eyeballs. Aren't we, I want some more generation. Oh, I want some more culture. Give me, give me this and give me, give me that. I got to have this and I got to have that. Why? Because my neighbor has one. Why does he have one? Because you don't. He wants one. He thinks he's all better than you. That's not always the case. But how many times are we motivated by that sort of nonsense? And the word of God says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and, le- and yet lose your own soul? I shall never forget the time that that verse clicked in my spirit. I was a teenager and I read that and I thought, you know what? That makes sense. Why get everything this world has to offer and lose your own soul in the process? What have you gained? God help us. Then note what God had to say. (laughs) He was not impressed with their success. He wasn't impressed with their success. Latter part of verse 17, middle to the latter part, says, you say you're rich, you don't need anything, but you do not realize. God is saying to these people, you've been duped. You've been bamboozled. You've been deceived. Fill in number seven with me. Basically saying, you believe your stuff is the key to a fulfilled and successful life. It isn't. It is not. Pastor Terry, I beg to differ with you. Beloved, I could have stood up here this morning and told you story after story after story after story of multi-millionaires that sold their soul for stuff and their testimony with their dying breath was all of that stuff did not mean a thing. And they will tell you that throughout their life they were a miserable wretch on the inside. God help us. Jesus spoke through John. Here's the crux of the matter. Jesus said, you aren't rich. You claim to be rich. You don't need anything. You aren't rich. On the contrary, these people thought they were rich. He's saying, you're wretched. You're pitiful. You're poor. You're blind and naked spiritually Speaking, the expositor's commentary puts it this way, says it much better than I ever could. Quote, the tragedy lay in the fact that while the church gloated over material wealth, she was unconscious of her spiritual poverty. Are you listening to me, New Life? Again, indicative of the modern church, end quote. Pastor Terry, how can this be? How can this be? Listen to Isaiah, God's prophet. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. Did you know that? Do you ever find yourself coming up with a thought and thinking, boy, I'm really going to, God is going to be so impressed with this thought. He is, God, probably when we all get to heaven, he's going to say, <clears throat> can I have your attention? And have you stand up and tell everybody, this was the coolest dude that ever walked on the planet. And I remember one time, Jesus, you remember this, when he come up with this wonderful thought that we had never thought of. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. 
Now listen, I'm, I'm in the process of introducing my closing. Material things, including money, is important and necessary to life. Whether you own it or it is loaned to you in some way, form, or fashion, you will need money every single day of your life. I get that. I live in the United States too. I mailed off my quarterly tax Saturday too. Did you do that? Probably not, but that's what we do here in America. I get it. But allowing for money and material things to suffice as the barometer for spiritual success, spiritual success is materialism. Materialism is a trap. We need a certain amount of material things to exist. But materialism is a trap. Let me show you. Over in Proverbs, Solomon introduced a passage that I'm going to in Matthew. Let's, let's look at these. Proverbs 23 and 4. He says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. You want to hear the New International Version? Here's where I get in trouble, Donna. Write this down. Do not work three jobs in order to buy some stuff or pay off the stuff you've already bought that you can't afford. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. He says, be wise enough to restrain yourself. Makes sense, doesn't it? Be wise enough to restrain yourself. Over in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20, we read this. And I think these fit together like, just like a puzzle piece. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Do you understand that God is saying to you, store up for yourselves treasures? God likes treasures. The right kind. His kind. And he wants you to store up those kinds of treasures. Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Why does he want us to store up that kind of treasure? Because a moth and rust doesn't destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. They cannot break in and steal. No way, no how. Look at verse 21 of Matthew 6. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. For where your treasure is, there your heart. It adds your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. Christ followers, our desires should be for the things of God. Our heart, our thoughts, our passions, our born-again, spirit-filled passions should be for the things of God, not the things of this present world. Wouldn't it be a shame to leave this world having a heart that was attached to the things of this world instead of a heart that was attached to the things of heaven. Wouldn't that be a shame? Fill in number eight with me, and I'm, I'm almost through all but what it likes. Materialism, this is a teaching point for many of you. Materialism goes much deeper than bank accounts and stuff. It is a spiritual demon that will possess you 
if you give it permission. Please understand, materialism isn't about the number of things or the value of things that you possess. Materialism is about being possessed and consumed by things that you may not even possess at the time. It's that, for a lack of a better way of saying it, it's that adrenaline rush of daydreaming and fantasizing and coveting and craving something that you may not even have or that you may never have. Even though you may not have it, it has you in the sense of occupying your thoughts and consequently displacing intimacy with God. This evil, subtle oppression is a trap. Traps have a lot of features. The most formidable is that the victim of the trap never realizes it's there until it ensnares them. If they did, they'd probably go another direction. This begins to highlight what I felt inspired to impress upon you with this teaching. Listen, beloved, I hope that you'll get this. Sometimes, friends, in order to get God's best, we have to let go of something worth less. In order to get God's best, we have to let go of something that is worth less. That makes sense to you? Can you be encouraged not to let the pursuit of pleasure in whatever form? Some people just find pleasure in owning things. Others have to do something to titillate the, the emotions, the flesh. But don't let the pursuit of pleasure rob you of heaven's treasure. What I have been describing to you this morning again, it really characterizes our culture today, but that doesn't have to be you. I remind you again, as I have many times, that the way to hell is a broad way, and many there be that find it. Just because, just because your neighbor is doing a certain thing doesn't mean that it's right or that it's something that you should be doing. The way to heaven is a narrow way. It ends in the vast expanse of heaven, but it's a narrow way, narrow gate to get there. I've been addressing some of that this morning. And beloved, how this generation needs to hear the message and needs to hear the plea of the latter part of Revelation, or the, I guess the first part of Revelation 3.18. God says through the revelator, I counsel you. Can you imagine getting counseling from God? I counsel you to buy from me. Buy from me. Look at this. Gold refined in the fire. He's talking about purification from sin. He's talking about salvation. So you can become rich, truly rich, not with all this stuff that melts away and the rust gets it and people steal it and you lose it. And white clothes to wear. It's changing a sinful lifestyle for holiness. He says so that you can cover your shameful nakedness, your sinfulness. Buy from me, salve to put on your 
your blind physical eyes so you can truly see spiritually. You know something I've discovered, one of the most meaningful things to me about my relationship with the Lord and this spirit-filled walk is truly the things of this world begin to grow strangely dim. They do. The longer you walk with the Lord... And the more you read his word and the more you put it in there, the more you begin to realize that the thing of this, things of this present world are meaningless. They're worth less, much worth less than the things of God. God is saying to all that want to hear him, the choice is yours and it's this, the traps or my eternal treasures. Beloved, we're going to wrap things up right there. I realize this is kind of a hard-hitting message. It's a tough pill to swallow in some respects, in particular if you live in the United States of America. And our culture, which is becoming very affluent and very materialistic, the whole culture lends itself to that. There's something out there. I see it. I have to have it. I am driven by it. Never mind what the Bible or the Word of God has to say, I have to go after that thing. You understand the trap of that? It seems alluring quite often. Those things that are out there that others may have and we think we have to have them and yet that just distracts us and draws us away from the thing, the thing that really matters in this present existence. That is finding God through His Son, Jesus Christ, knowing and understanding God's purpose and plan for our life and pursuing that. Now, it doesn't help that we have some that are quote-unquote preaching that having those things is equal to being spiritually mature. That's not true. In fact, it's just the opposite of true. That's the deception of materialism, in particular from a spiritual point of view. I want to encourage you. I know it sounds sim simplistic, oversimplification in many respects. I want to encourage you to get a hold of a copy of the Word of God, the Bible, and begin to read it and know and understand that God has a plan for your life, the ultimate plan. And in order to find that, you're going to have to separate yourself from some of the things of this world. Now, I'm not talking about living in a cave somewhere. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about literally being quiet, being still before God long enough and before His Word to know and understand the most important thing, your soul salvation, knowing that you've been born again, spirit-filled, and made a fit candidate for heaven, which we all seem to be clamoring to go to at some point in time. Father, I thank you so much for each one listening in, regardless of whether they're a seasoned saint or a young person or someone that has not even accepted you yet. They're still debating the whole issue of having you in their life and you living in them and through them and bringing to them your plan, your purpose, your will for their very existence. God, I pray for that one. May they get into your word, know it, understand it, tuck it into their heart and begin to live by it. I pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, I want to invite you, before we get out of here, I want to invite you to New Life Community Church. We have in-person worship gatherings every Sunday morning. It's safe. It's secure. 
It's just for you, and we'd love to have you come out and be a part of that. We begin Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also have, check this out, midweek activities. How weird is that? Church, right in the middle of the week. We call it Family Ministries Night, and it is exactly that, a time and a place for the family. We would love to see you. I've got to get out of here. My time is completely gone. I am Terry Knight, and the pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? Mm-hmm.